Hello and welcome to Talking Bottom. I'm Paul Tanter. I'm Matt Brooks. I'm Ange Pearson. And we're back for a very special series to commemorate the 30th anniversary of Bottom. As we come to you, it's the exact 30th anniversary since the first episode of Bottom went out. Mm. Is commemorate the right word? Because, uh, you know, commiserate, remember. We're here to remember. Commemorate doesn't mean that suggested died or something, does you're, it? We're here to pay tribute to the that's, show that is exactly 30 years old today. That's definitely not something that someone would say in a funeral paying tribute to, I think think we're good (laughs) we're honoring the fact that it's the 30th anniversary as we record this we're currently writing the book talking bottom a guide to the cult sitcom which depending on when you're listening is either available to pre-order now on the unbound website or is available just to buy on any website that sells books or in any bookshop Um, i I can't fathom seeing it in a bookshop that would be amazing wouldn't it Mm -hmm. but i wasn't born when bottom come out why would i be interested what if someone says this how annoying is that? That comes up so often now. It also happens with the young ones. Oh, I wasn't born when it came out. Oh, have you heard of Shakespeare? Yeah. Fucking idiot. Point being, comedy should last through the test of time. Mm. And the brilliant thing about Bottom is that, yeah, there were a few topical little names of politicians, etc. But it is long lasting because it is about physical comedy, slapstick. Like lots of their jokes are actually timeless because it's about a relationship between the odd couple that is Richie and Eddie slapstick is something that comes up very often with bottom Uh, we've said several times it's unfairly dismissed as just slapstick Mm. but we're going to lean into that this episode and talk about just the physical comedy stuff which isn't just the slapstick beating and violence it's also falling about a bit and hitting your head exactly each episode we're going to look at a different theme or aspect that's quite important to bottom such as the costumes or uh, class and poverty that kind of thing but this week it's physical comedy so physical comedy a form of comedy focused on manipulation of the body for humorous effect like many things that have been hastily researched physical comedy goes all the way back to ancient greece and rome where slapstick was a popular form of mime in the theatres of the day. From the 16th to the 18th century... I need to jump in there for slapstick. Go on. Do you know uh, the term slapstick actually comes from a physical stick that was Mm. like two sticks kind of together, so it like had a gap in between, and you'd like whip it and it would make a whack sound yeah. and then so it looks like you hit someone and that so it would be a physical tool to whack and you, you sort of for the performance before special effects and things that was an early special effects the slapstick yeah. that's where the term comes from the pass- sound effect yeah just pass me a pen i'll just cross that bit off the uh, <laughs> intro that i'm just reading at the moment oh, but no worries yeah. okay i haven't got any notes from the 16th to the 18th century, Commedia dell'arte, known to the British as Italian comedy, was a popular form of theatre and the origins of what went on to become pantomime. Circuses have similarly existed in one form or another since ancient Rome. But the images that stick in our collective minds when someone says physical comedy are the ones made famous through the 20th century thanks to the invention and popularity of film and television. Everyone can picture Harold Lloyd dangling from a clock face, a house collapsing around Buster Keaton, Charlie Chaplin getting churned through the factory gears in modern times, Stan Laurel pushing Oliver Hardy off a roof, and of course, Rick Mail and Adrian Emerson savagely beating a helpless gas man to death with their fists in a frying pan. It's not quite to death, though, is it? But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Nearly, nearly. I should note here that while the all-encompassing title of physical comedy does represent all the strands, such as mime, clowning, pantomime and funny faces, it's fair to say that what we'll be discussing here will be mainly physical stunts and slapstick. They are very much stage performers, Rick and Aid, aren't they, originally? Yeah. They don't use camera tricks and stuff with any of their things. They're 
doing those stunts. Oh yeah, they did. Like, yeah. Their sketches were inherently for the stage to go, yeah. go in front of a live audience. They started on stage, obviously, as 20th Century Coyote and the Dangerous Brothers, and they would do a lot of physical stuff on stage where you can't rely on any kind of camera tricks or editing or, anything, or special effects or anything like that. And even when they then went on to do more things that involved pyrotechnics and breakables and things as the Dangerous Brothers, there was never any like uh, relying on edits or tricks or anything like that. They would just o- often, when you watch the Dangerous Brothers skits, that a lot of which are on YouTube, the entire thing is played out in one uninterrupted cut to one camera, just doing a wide of the stage, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah more or less. They're doing their own stunts, and mm. that's what is amazing about, obviously, the Towering Inferno skit from the Dangerous Brothers. For anyone who hasn't seen that, you should really go and look it up on YouTube. It's famous in that Aid actually <laughs> sets himself on fire quite quite literally mm. and forgets his safe word, doesn't he? And like the danger that was going on, they're called the Dangerous Brothers. So you watch it and you're like, oh, ha, 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 and then there's like a screen freeze, isn't there? Yeah, and comes and he comes up and it's like, oh, you know, and it's yeah. very much like, oh, you know, there's been another fuck up, isn't there? Pure risks they were taking yeah. is something that it feels like people shy away from now. I wonder whether it is yeah. to do with the bravery of it. Because yeah. if you do go back to like Stan Laurel and Hardy and all of the Buster Keaton and before that Charlie Chaplin and I think, you know, there must have been these things going on on stage in in the Vaudeville Theatre and obviously Music Hall here in the UK and once it moved to silent film became just what they did. I was reading that, you know, they did their stunts because they didn't know anything but that. There weren't stunts It wasn't an idea yet. of the stunt, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, it was like, of course you're just going to do your own stunt because you've written the funny bit and you're going to, you know, go careering yeah, down, downhill in a car or, you know, whatever it is. But that's what the show is. What do you mean? Who You'd have someone else doing it? What? Yeah, the that's idea like of a stuntman. I don't know whether Rick and Aid ever felt that way, but, you know, I think if you were the performer, feel a little bit like you're being cheated out of being mm. able to do it yourself. Mm. I suppose um, so. Due to health and safety or whatever reason, because I think, is it Aid only ever used it when he's crashing through the roof in burglary? Obviously, Rick and Aid are our frames of reference here for a lot of the physical comedy, but let's try and paint a bigger canvas of what people think of and see as physical comedy in modern culture. So some things that sort of came to mind that I listed down, that if I say them, people would go, oh yeah, in films, they often do a lot of physical comedy, are examples such as Peter Sellers in the Pink Panther films, Mm -hmm. The Three Stooges, Kramer in Seinfeld, Norman Wisdom, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Chevy Chase, Jim Carrey, Jerry Lewis, Benny Hill, bit of uh, stuff that in some British comedy such as uh, Eddie and Patsy and Ab Fab, even the Chuckle Brothers, some, a lot of that's physical comedy. Oh, well, and you go, what's the snobbishness of saying even no, the Chuckle Brothers? But, because you know? I know there is an inherent snobbishness about that. I mean, often people sort of look down on kids' comedy, but actually there's a lot of inventiveness that does go into it. And in other sitcoms, things that might come to mind would be three old men rolling down hills in a bathtub <laughs> on wheels in Last of the Summer Wine. But other ones where it's really baked into the DNA of the show, much like Bottom, would be Mr. Bean, which yes, is a great example 100%. of physical comedy. And we'll be talking about Rowan Atkinson a bit Absolutely. here. And something that, again, people would probably find a bit cheesy is Some Mothers Do Have Yeah, I was waiting to have that in my back pocket to, to say, oh, have you forgotten about this? But Quite you hadn't. Yeah. 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 The roller skates going underneath the truck, that's how dangerous that looks he does it so well yeah the timing on that I mean if he'd fucked up the timing he would at worst be dead at very best probably (laughs) just have a broken neck Um, but there's just some great physical stunts did you hear the story about that one where he spoke to the writers about that episode and he's like oh uh, just do a bunch of stuff and then get me on roller skates at the end (laughs) (laughs) that was his note right I didn't know that 
and then I'll do some stuff. The other form of um, physical comedy that where you can see things that are often quite elaborate would be in animation because it, it's possible to do anything there with that and the actor's input is only restricted to their voices so there's no danger to them. But in preparation for this, I was watching last week, I was on YouTube, I was looking for physical comedy and on BritBox's YouTube channel, BritBox, the channel that um, sells or shows British TV sponsored by BritBox through America, they had a compilation of best slapstick moments on oh, there. Yeah, I watched that. So I watched it and I was I thought this is going to if this is British TV and it's best slapstick yeah. it's going to mainly be full of the young ones and bottom it can't be Can anything I else. I guess some moments that happened. Go, they, they had nothing from Right. Rick and Aiden there. Uh-huh. I'll precurse this by saying obviously they are going to want to promote the shows they have on their channel and, yeah. if, and if they're not running bottom or young ones then they won't include it in there because what's the point but yes try, so Ange you've seen it as well so you they might not even have permissions actually thinking about it but it's it possible. was outrageous yeah. of, of the title of that video wasn't yeah. it to say you know the, the best <laughs> ever include British humor from our nothing. library so have, yeah. with that in mind okay. knowing there's no bottom or young ones Britbox is from ITV BBC and Channel 4 they all sort of all combined to perform this online platform sure I'm going to guess Del Boy falling through the bar as one of the moments you know what I think that was in one video I watched. I don't know if it was that one. Yes. Because it has to be. Yes, that one was in there. A Del Boy falling through the bar. Okay. Yes, that was. Yeah, go on. Um, Only Fools and Horses as well. Go on. With the chandelier. That was not in there. All right. That clip, I remember, is always used in a BBC comedy promo, which has a lot of other clips okay. in. Yeah. Mr. Bean. There was two from Mr. Bean. Yeah. One was him. Chicken on the head. I think that was one of them, yeah. yeah. The turkey, yeah. yeah. Which Sorry. friends stole. Which friends did steal. Like, didn't remember? even, like, didn't even change it a bit. No, I know. Well, it was, it wasn't stuck on her head. It was just, hey, look, it's on my head to okay. make you laugh. Uh, to make you laugh, Chandler. I'll well, dance. No, it, like, so Joey... Joey gets it stuck Joey does it, yeah. and, then, and then Monica does it. Oh, yeah, that's right, because it was a flashback they, of... Joey getting it on his head. Remember, Joey his, has it on yeah. his head, and uh, she says, "I'm going to spread the legs," and he laughs whilst inside the turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, something else from Mr. Bean. Gonna guess him cutting up the Robert Lion and knocking it over. It was him driving his car while on top of his car. Yeah. So I yeah, th- yeah. does he on his car on an armchair driving That's it with right, with some sort of pulley system. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It was yeah. Fantastic. Sure. What else? Oh, well, I'm, how many am I going to get? Are you out of ideas now, Matt? Okay. So I'm running fine. Um if, right, so If I was to say Can you give me a show and then Vic, Vicar of Dibley. Okay. Yes, 100%. It's her going in the, the little puddle that's actually a deep mm-hmm. little puddle. Yeah. It's the rule of three, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's a jump into two that are quite shallow, yeah. and then... She so where's really the rule of three? The rule of three is definitely a physical comedy trope, for want of a better word, that's been there from well, the beginning. It's not only physical, it's wordy as well, isn't it? Yeah. The way three works is the first one tells you what's happening, uh-huh. the second one thinks we're establishing a pattern, yeah. and the third one subverts the expectation mm-hmm. of the pattern we've set up. It's a you yeah. can do it with just two, but for whatever reason, they found out three yeah. is funny. Yeah, because yeah, you're not. You're. It's a weird thing because you're. You're there. You're like set up, set up, and then the mm. punch comes, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I wasn't actually predicting that. So it gets yeah. you. But, um, but yeah, the element of surprise is something that we'll talk about mm. probably a little yeah. bit later. But that is the key element of all physical comedy, yeah. isn't it? The element of surprise and comedy in general. So, Ange, do you remember what the other clips in this particular video were? I distinctly remember the Hyacinth Bouquet one from Keeping Up Appearances. Now, there's there's two clips from Keeping Up Appearances. Which one are you referring to? Well, the one in the boat is obviously kind of... You just know what's going to happen from the moment it starts. So, anyway, for the listeners' benefit, it's Hyacinth and Richard. 
she's leaving in a boat from the side of what I presume is some sort of you know, Norfolk Broads kind of canal whatever they're in and he's trying to run and get into the boat and of course it you know leaves the side and he's like left flailing behind trying to like <laughs> jump into the boat yeah. and then of course he ends up in the water and it's like Richard get in the boat you know like, how do you and write then, that how, how do you, do you think that scene ends that? you know obviously Hyacinth then falls in the water and oh hilarity but the audience are going mental for yeah. it yeah. Well, it's just amazing. like you've been but, friends um, but writing a sketch yeah. of you've been and then if someone falls but, over a little bit but the the point being, so there's that, and then there's also a bit of the dog, isn't there? Yeah, again, um, rather than Richard being pulled along by the boat, it's Hyacinth being pulled along by a dog by a that dog, she can't yeah. control. The yeah. huge dog that, yeah. you know, is just obscene. Of course, she's running past the neighbours, isn't she? She's just trying to keep up appearances. And, you know, it. I don't have a problem with keeping up appearances. I'm just going to say that now. I think I think Patricia Routledge is an absolute hero of physical comedy. I don't look down on it whatsoever. I think she was incredible. Like, I genuinely do think that was a great comedy character. There shouldn't be two clips of that in there above yeah, and beyond bottom, yeah. obviously, which is why it was kind of like, why why are there two clips in this? Yeah. But I think, you, I think we've hit the nail on the head that obviously Britbox owned <laughs> the rights to it. But yeah, no, I, I don't have any problem with keeping up appearances. I feel like you were going to dive in and maybe say that you don't think it should be in there at all, which I would disagree with. I mean, physical comedy, really, though? Is that yeah, an example it's of... The inherent- yeah. Isn't it that? Mean? Isn't that not writing and the situation? Isn't that not a situation? That's sitcom stuff of her being embarrassed. That's what's funny. The embarrassment. It's not no, the actual dog. Is that so funny? You'd have to watch it, but there's very physical humour in there in that she's trying to obviously keep this dog under control and she's going along the road at a breakneck kind of speed, mm. trying to keep upright, and her entire body I've, language is it is very funny. It's very well done. I think I've hit but, the nail on the head that this episode is going to struggle with. It's uh, we're describing physical things yeah. on the radio. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> well, I'm, I was listening to a podcast earlier by a, it's a blind guy who does like various different podcasts and he yeah. was talking about sight gags and how he struggles with watching comedy that obviously has a lot of physical or yeah. you know, visual humour in there because of course it wouldn't be funny to you if you can't mm-hmm. see it and that for me I was like oh, well, imagine if you hadn't been able to ever watch Rick and Aid or yeah. any physical humour happening and really know how it's playing out because yeah. it's like, I, I get what's I, I can understand that you know they've fallen over or whatever but I'm not laughing because well, they I can't find see it, it. Yeah, well, yeah. also but if you're blind you can't see what the reaction is of the person it's happening to mm. and a lot of the comedy comes from them reacting not like that it's hurting them yeah. but in a sort of overstated or understated yeah. way so it's not just the act so if you'd yeah. said to someone to a blind person Richie is being electrocuted that sounds horrific mm. but if you can mm-hmm. see it and you can see the way it's looking or you can see yeah. the reaction to a punch then yeah. they have to describe it too much yeah. their facial expression does a lot even mm. and you know any physical comedy like is going through using the body any mm. any aspect of the body I mean, yeah. we were going to talk about Rowan Atkinson's documentary that we all watched I think on YouTube yeah. Um, I think it was a six-part ITV documentary, and I'm gutted. I think there's only really one that's surviving on YouTube. If anyone out there has got the other episodes what of this What are they taped. called? So the one that I watched was just called Visual Comedy. Yeah. But um, the whole but Rowan, series is called... It's called Laughing Matters. Okay, so are. if anyone out there has got the full series of Laughing Matters by Rowan Atkinson, I think it went out in 1993 on ITV or 1992, obviously around the time of Mr Bean. And he, in the visual comedy one, plays a brilliant role of like a professor kind of going through a lecture about what physical comedy means. And it's it's fascinating, isn't it, going through all the different stages, obviously how you build up as a comedian, the physical humour, you know, how you use your body to get the laughter mm. and create an attitude that is really, really inherent, which, which fascinated me because he, he mentions that the reason we watch Charlie Chaplin now and we very rarely laugh, even though we recognise that it's comic, is because we can't identify with his attitude. And that 
really made sense to me. I was like, yeah, that's what it is. Because it is funny what Charlie Chaplin's doing, but it's never made me laugh. I agree with that, because I've watched a fair amount of silent comedy in prep for this, and also for a film I did recently, which was a, uh, where Charlie Chaplin was sort of referenced in the film. And you find yourself watching it and appreciating it on a technical mm. level, but not laughing at it mm-hmm. in, in a way that you enjoy modern stuff. But also, when you're watching it, when you're seeing one of Laurel and Hardy falling off a roof or um, or someone on roller skate nearly being hit by a car. It's funny. You can see where the modern versions of that have sort of drawn from, where where we've evolved to. So I will watch something happening to Rick or Aiden Bottom and laugh my ass off at it. But if I see a similar thing happening to Howard Lloyd or Charlie Chaplin, it doesn't quite tickle me as much. It's because you're invested in the character. Yeah. yeah. I and think apparently the, the main things in... Physical and visual comedy and character and attitude is you're either stupid or yeah. very dim. I'm sure you can all recognise immediately in a lot of comedy characters, like old and new. Or you're arrogant or you're aggressive and that will elicit a laugh. Or you're crude or you're vulgar, which, of course, everyone couldn't recognise <laughs> yeah. from the bottom as well. But they're the, they're the main three attitudes, apparently, that the comedian will adopt now, in order to elicit laughter. Rich and Eddie have all three of those qualities, don't they? Mm. But, but the one that is probably their predominant trait is the crude and perverse, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they go between them, don't they? Yeah. You know, And when you're being arrogant and aggressive, you know, you're usually heading towards a fall or you will win or whatever might happen, you know, um, and a lot of a lot of stupidity and dimness. And there was also a big bit in Rowan Atkinson's documentary about being drunk and how that really helps the comedian, of course, just elicit laughter because the audience is immediately in can, on the you joke. You can emphasise with being drunk as mm. well. That's something that... Like, and you're selling the exaggeration, which yeah. is the other key thing. You're either over-egging the pudding right. or you're under-egging this, it, aren't you, for the laugh? For, for being drunk, you mean? Yeah. you know. But also, that also applies to the reactions to moments of violence. So the thing that is interesting, there's a real psychology to seeing violence on screen because... The violent act in itself is horrible, but it depends entirely on the reaction of the person Mm -hmm. and the after effect. So in reality, if someone were to chainsaw off someone's leg, it would be horrific because there'll be blood everywhere. The person would be screaming. But if there's no blood and the person on screen is reacting in a sort of outlandish, gurning way, it becomes funny. And that's what differentiates horror from comedy. That's the thing. The comedian is indestructible. In every single sketch you will ever watch, with the you know huge amounts of calamities happening around the comedian, they will come out unscathed. Yeah, and well, that is why it's in the that you know we say it all the time the cartoon element, but that mm-hmm. that's what sells it to the audience. The line that stood out for me in that Rowan Atkinson video was when he said, "The laws of existence have to be undermined." Mm-hmm. So, for example, when Richie chops his finger off and then pulls it up, and you see blood spurting. Now there, there is blood, but it's not horrific. It's yeah. it's cartoonish mm-hmm. and over the top. Yeah, it's. It's bordering on realistic, that one, though, isn't it? But uh, I think as well that Eddie doesn't react. That's where a lot of the ca- oh, yeah. humour comes from. Which yeah. is where the understatement comes in. Yeah. You're right, because Eddie's so Ooh, blasé about it. That's a bit yeah. of a nasty nick, yeah. So that, running through your mindset, then, if you're seeing this as an infant or someone's not seen comedy before, in real life, man walking down the street slips on a banana skin. Inherently funny for some reason. Yeah. Well, he doesn't get up. Right. Then it's not funny anymore. Yeah. It, it, whoop, bong, oh, it's, it's all in the... It's in the consequences. Mm. So if he falls, bumps himself, but is otherwise okay, that makes it going, funny. Ah! 
yeah, yeah that's but although we just didn't move it anymore. is how you sell it isn't it because not to go too dark but when tommy cooper killed over on stage in yeah. front of the audience they thought it was part of the act because yeah. apparently yeah. they were all then. laughing but it, yeah but then of course <laughs> <Yeah>. the mood <laughs> in the room must have, <laughs> must have turned yeah. yeah and that would be all gut-wrenching because yeah. like you say like when it's and it's real like oh no yeah. there's actually something wrong and that happens quite a lot doesn't it and you the idea of comedy violence is like obviously that the comedian is going to survive the act mm. isn't it you kind of know from the setup that that is what you're being drawn into also, in comedy it's the person it's happening to so there you gave a great example matt a man walks down a street and he slips now let's look at what the man is wearing if the man is wearing old clothes and is on a walking stick and he falls funnier. over. You're right, even funny. Oh, no, 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 no. Right, it's veering into <laughs> yeah, tragedy. So suit but if the man walking down yeah. the street is Jacob Rees-Mogg and he slips on a banana skin and lands face first in some dog shit, then it's hilarious. That's something that Krusty the Clown was saying or something, I remember, with Sideshow Bob's... Uh, so, so Cecil is right. playing out. It's like, the clown ga- the pie gag only works if Sap's got dignity. Right, Throw yeah. it that one. Yeah, yeah. It's very, very true. And I was looking into the history of the pie in the face, actually. Yeah. And that is absolutely fascinating. Have you guys no, go got on. any idea of where the, the pie originated from? Is, it, is it from, like, court jesters or something like that? Well, apparently the first time it's on film is what I've looked into. Okay. Like, I don't know whether it was done on the vaudeville stage or musical, but the first time it was ever... It, it's disputed. So in 1909, there was a film called Mr. Flip. He apparently gets a pie to the face after having gone round all of the places in town flirting with women or sexually harassing them apparently <laughs> and I, there, there's yeah. a bit of a difference between well oh, so this is silent the, film okay. just like different sources and, that i'm referencing yeah, okay. called it one called it flirting and the other was like it's pretty much sexual harassment right. and then he ends up in a restaurant and a waitress puts a pie in his face uh, okay so it's payback so that's the first ever face pie but yeah. it wasn't thrown so this is why it's disputed, because I think in 1913, there was a short comedy called A Noise from the Deep, and that starred Fatty Arbuckle and Mabel Normand, which is someone who I hadn't heard of, but apparently she was the female Charlie Chaplin. She starred in 12 films with Chaplin. She was actually a bit of a mentor to Chaplin, all this kind of amazing wow. stuff. But she, apparently during like the rehearsals or whatever, Fatty said to her, throw a pie in my face, that the scene was in. Apparently it's lost to the mists of time, this film, but... Then I did read another source that's in the New York Museum somewhere that oh, okay. it was actually broadcast in 2006. Anyway, I digress. They said in rehearsals there was pastries in the scene on the table. And apparently he said, throw the pie at me during the scene. And they did it and they surprised the director, Max Sennett, who's known as the father of slapstick comedy, apparently didn't have any idea. But yeah, she threw the pie in the face of Fatty Arbuckle and it you know, got huge, huge laugh at the time. So that was 1913. And then there was another film of the very same year by the same studios, same director. That was also by Keystone Studios called The Ragtime Band. And that, again, it's disputed which one came first, I think. But there was there was another pie thrown in that. And that is apparently where it was born. And it's amazing, the pie in the face gag, like the banana skin slipping, yeah. like how that has just entered physical humour, isn't it? Like, you know, chairs being pulled away from people. I think some like, of the icons like that, the pie in the face, the banana peel... It just makes me think of the Beano, uh, <laughs> which is a very physical, yeah. com- like the visual side of it. You've got to draw people in. Hey, look at this cover. There's mm-hmm. wacky stuff going on and stuff. It's interesting that all of this stuff, and it was all mainly early American cinema, is that it's, whether it's pulling a chair away, throwing a pie at someone's face, it's all acts of violence yeah. against someone. But comedy violence. Comedy it violence, predates, yeah. It, it predates the noise, the talkies and stuff. So like the delivery of lines wasn't possible now. So... 
they could just either put up a joke on the screen or do something funny. So I suppose it's... <laughs> That's for, the point. Yeah. The language of comedy, if it's physical, translates no matter what your language in, in the world is. You know, you can understand what's going on on stage. You're you don't right. need yeah. You don't need language. Sp- you know, you're the first comedy thing to be put on film? No, go on. I think he's in that Mr. Bean thing. Oh, actually, yes. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But the hose oh, pipe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The guy standing and on a hose it's pipe. It's done shit. It looks rubbish. Yeah. The timing's way off. The hose pipe. Yeah, so it's a guy watering. Is it like uh, a farmer in a farm hand or something? I think and so, so yeah. Then boy. it ends with him hitting the kid, and that's the punchline. <laughs> so to ex- extrapolate from what you said there, because I, th- I think you've made a very good point there, Matt, because when the medium of movies first came out, they didn't have sound with them, physical gags and physical comedy was a natural evolution to put on screen because you couldn't rely on a witty gag mm. because in order to show the witty gag you had to have them say it silently while the honky tonk piano played yeah, yeah. And, and then the piano, ha- and, and then have the text flash up on the screen yeah. i guess the piano boom boom can emphasize a thing happening but mm. can't emphasize a line being said as at least not in the same way yeah. yeah i mean silent movies the idea of watching moving film alone was apparently you know it was like we I was going to watch any kind of blockbuster now yeah. with the all the excitement that would do to your senses like, oh, I know, the, you that... know the story of the looney brothers film with the train arriving in the platforms the first thing and apparently people, yeah, people ran mental. away so first of all <laughs> angle the angle's not heading towards you you fucking fool but imagine so, having you idiot never <laughs> seen <laughs> Something moving yeah. Like, quickly on yeah, screen. Yeah, I know, but um, <laughs> it's still, it, I doubt it actually happened that way. I think it's probably exaggerated for the well, it's like story. You, I suppose it's like when you go and watch a three D film. You know, and never run out the audience. Like, never, never run out. No, but you know, you you know, occasionally you might flinch or something because your but, your brain sees yeah, what it's seeing right, and it thinks yeah. it's actually happening. But I've heard that about your brain, isn't it? Like no matter if you're watching something, yeah, your brain thinks it's real. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't really fool your brain. That's why horrors are scary, oh, and that's why okay. we have those innate reactions to things, because our brain is, is it's absorbing getting it as, the senses real. being stimulated. Yeah. I see. Like, you know you're watching the telly, but you still get scared. And it, it's really interesting that comedy and horror obviously have the same elements of surprise and the unexpected. We have the same reactions to fear that we do to what makes us laugh, but the way in which they're sold is obviously why we react differently. Timing and reactions are really key to both of those genres, aren't they? To comedy and to horror. And that's the thing with Mr. Bean or any of the kind of physical, you know, that's gone, what, worldwide? Like, literally every country has watched Mr. Bean and loves it because you don't need that language to understand it. So clever that you did that, isn't it? You mentioned Commedia dell'arte, which sounds amazing. You know, Italian comedy is obviously what we coined it because it's hard to pronounce. But did you know about the different characters and everything that you get in mm-hmm. Commedia dell'arte or the different physical shapes they yeah, take? Yeah, so it's, it's I like, do not know. It's, so it's a bunch of archetypes. I studied this very briefly, like what maybe kind? a week. Like you'll have things like the fall is one so, of the things. The doctor. Yeah, you've got big nose masters one. and servants. You've yeah. got the doctor. You've essentially got, you know, the lovers, you've got military officers who are full of bravado and Puccinella, I think, is the original Punch. That's the that's the inspiration for Punch and Punch and Judy. Like, so go Punch... into it, but he's got a hooked nose mask. Yes. So they're masked characters. So lots of so... different performers will be able to play them. And yeah. so, for example, 
stick out their belly and swagger their head as That's they move. That's right. Um, Are these... The one that fascinated me particularly was Pantalon, who is a greedy old man generally. He represents money and he's got a hunched back. Um, <laughs> Sorry. No, but the, the idea... And when I'm, like Fagin. A... I'm just seeing the yeah. Fagin yeah. character. Yeah. And Ste- yeah, like yeah. Septo, Albert right. Septo, you know, the, that kind of hunched back and, and that idea that just from looking at that, you're getting the stereotype of yeah. what that character is. is stereotype incredible. is so important in comedy because it's mm. a time saver, isn't it? And unfortunately, that is kind of hand in hand with racism a lot of the stereotype of quickly show that they're a fool this is the thing because obviously i think just to touch upon it papa lazaru in the league of gentlemen is clearly inspired by commedia dell'arte i've heard recent steve talking about commedia dell'arte you know they obviously study drama they will know exactly what they're trying to achieve with that and i think papa lazaru just the way he moves everything that reese does with him it's clearly influenced by it and it's difficult isn't it because the masked idea of performers and all of that is probably why they decided to do blackface with Mm. papa lazaru and now i can understand why someone who doesn't have any idea of what the comedy is if you looked at it you'd be like well that's not that's not okay. Yeah. And the same kind of gets said about various comedy comedies that have gone through the mist of time that we don't have to I touch suppose, upon all yeah. of them. I never watched Papa Laz and thought that's a racist thing. No. But I could understand why people would watch it and think, yeah, it is. But it's the circus performer thing, yeah. isn't it? It's the clown. It was Papa Lazarou always seemed too grotesque mm. to be a deliberate racist trope or anything like that. He was just an odd monster. I thought he was yeah. just wearing makeup. The character was mm. wearing something. Well, but I don't think that's true because I think he we- wipes off flesh colour makeup to have that underneath. Oh, yeah. a bit like the Joker. They, yeah. make right. it, yes. they make it that way, don't they? But I think he's a he's a terrifying clown, yeah. is the idea. He's the ringmaster, isn't he, in the circus, yeah. Papa Lazarus Circus. Mm-hmm. I won't do the voice. But it upsets me that people think that it's racist because I know that obviously they are doing the whole running away with your wife and that is a stereotype of gypsy traveller t- types in the <laughs> circus, isn't it? You know, ran away with the circus. Yeah. That is a stereotype. People might disagree agree with me but i don't think that they were going into that trying to in any way be racist no welcome to talking league of gentlemen (laughs) richie and eddie do they fit any archetypes i mean you've kind of got master servant stuff going on you've got the fall absolutely yeah, they flip between the fool, mm. the drunkard, the money The pinching. miser, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you just kind of, as uh, some facial expressions Pomposity and stuff. And, and I think a lot of that's sold in the suits and mm. the tie and the thing, which we'll go into in another episode. Mm. But um, mm. other things like, yeah, the physical mannerisms of Dave Hedgehog and Spudgum, as soon as they turn up, you know everything you need to about them, yeah, don't you? Yeah. You can see the, their body language. Yeah, so body mm. language is a huge part of physical comedy. Uh, yeah, isn't well, it? Richie himself, to talk about just slightly for the comedian that are the Harlequin character, I read a couple of things that apparently sum that character up, and it's he's a dimwit, he's faithful, and he's got boundless energy. Hmm. And that to me just kind of did sum up a little bit of Rick's performance in Richie, isn't there? Obviously, there's lots of other complex character traits going on in Richie, but that idea that you know you've got the fool that can be just constantly running around the stage and getting laughter like, like that that's yeah. Rick all over isn't it yeah very much so like there's a lot in their mannerisms and body language in certain episodes you see it Rick's very good with his face He's he has got <laughs> a similar thing that Rowan Atkinson has that Rick doesn't really utilise as much as Rowan Atkinson does which he's got that very expressive rubber face where he can pull lots of different expressions the, his go to one as Richie is often perversion it's the mm-hmm. flaring of the nostrils mm-hmm. nostrils makes me think of Arnold Rimmer 
Yeah. I'd say uh, it's eyebrows for, for Rick yeah. Mel. What, yeah. like you can raise up yeah. both yeah. either one, left, right, Such left, right, left, right. Face. Yeah. I mean, you could go through embarrassment, you could go through nervousness, you could go through perversion, you mm. could go through being, you know, the bravado or whatever, and then being brought down a peg yeah. or two. And yeah, Rick Rick was incredible at being able to, but he said he liked playing people who were slightly crap, didn't he? Yeah, um, yeah. Which the ner- I've always admired how he can do the nervousness of Richie like, and then just turn it on its head. But yeah, Rowan Atkinson... His face was what got him into comedy, wasn't it? Through his Footlights audition. Okay. Did you, you know that? Do you remind you us mean? of which skit? So when he was at Cambridge University, he wanted to get into Footlights and he was preparing something for an audition. And he tells this story that he was just looking in his bathroom mirror and he just started doing things with his face. Quite, You know, he's got that sort of rubber face. Mm-hmm. And I believe he got his electric shaver and started doing this thing that he's since done, I think, in Mr. Bean mm-hmm, yeah. and a few online skits. And we see in the video of the uh, physical comedy thing that's on YouTube. And that was basically his audition piece for Footlights. Oh, okay. Just clowning. So that, just such, so that it? if anyone hasn't seen it, is that where he's kind of shaving his eyebrows and his tongue? His tongue, yeah. yeah. That, that's a bit like Eddie, isn't it, in the mirror? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much. When they're getting ready to go out in smells, aren't they? Because it is funny, isn't it, the shaving of the tongue? Like, just the idea of it is, like, inherently kind of of like gross before that everything is on the face so that you would expect kind of but it's done in a slightly odd way and then it goes into an area that oh well you wouldn't normally shave a tongue mm. therefore it's unexpected well that's the point it's unexpected and it's also not conforming to social expectations isn't it mm. that's another key thing of the not only physical humor but humor in general isn't yeah. it it's like you know it's, having little regard for what it, should be happening in the yeah. scene and that's what gives you the surprise and that's what makes you laugh it's putting an object in a place that it should it should yeah. never normally be. I noticed in that Rowan Atkinson video, he had three rules for objects. An object is funny by behaving in an unexpected way. And the thing that Example. came to mind there for bottom would be, uh, normally you don't hit a TV and it then explodes. So that's a funny thing that happens that would not normally happen. Mm. A piano falling through a ceiling. They don't normally do that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's unexpected. Mm. Even the clock going off. Oh, ready, ready, ready. Don't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> The second rule is an object is funny by being in an unexpected place. So, for example, Eddie pulling his coat open and pulling a beer out of it. Or, and this is another drinks one, pulling open the light fitting and, and taking two drinks out from there. Mm-hmm. That's in on the live ones, isn't it? That is, yeah. 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 And like in the young ones, when they're playing hide and seek and Neil opens the cupboard and... Oh, was it Rick opens the cupboard and immediately finds Mike in there? That's right, yeah. Like, and the audience, yeah, you don't, you're just not expecting it. Yeah. You are expecting it because you know it's going to happen, but it's funny to see him in there. And then also with the young ones, that leads on to the next, ex- the final example, which is an object is funny if it's the wrong size. So in the young ones, mm-hmm. an enormous sandwich mm-hmm. falling down onto the yeah. stage. Or it, in bottom... Richie's thong being being so <laughs> tiny that it's only the size of a sure. of an elastic band. Or Richie's penis. Yeah. <laughs> well, they never get to see that, yeah. sadly. Yeah. yeah. Some of things like, yeah, it's the big pants. Funnier. Just mm. seeing someone in their pants. Oh, okay, but they're big pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was going to mention the custody pants tournament, of course, uh-huh. when Rick first comes in struggling with the huge pants. Like, that is such a great visual yeah, gag isn't yeah. it you just read that on the page just like oh okay They're like no 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 we're doing this wait and see the confidence they have mm. to be able to pull that sort of stuff off I mean it's interesting that when people talk about bottom and they talk about the physical comedy of it and the cartoon aspect usually their first thought is the violent stuff but there's actually a lot of non-violent physical humour in Bottom so they have very clownish performances and mannerisms whether it's Rick miming rubber johnnies in the pub <laughs> and Rick also uses these skills when he's Flash Heart and Drop Dead Fred but they don't always do violent stuff and this happened in the Young Ones and Dangerous Brothers as, as well there would be 
breaking things, but it wouldn't necessarily be them being violent. But in bottom, you can think of other things such as um, them farting flames, mm-hmm. vi- visual gag, not violent, running through walls. I guess running through walls is kind of violent to the wolf. But Rick, when he's when they're playing chess and he gets up and is sort of playing golf to his himself, finger, that's a very the yeah. wavy finger thing he does, which yeah. you can't really demonstrate on the podcast, but you know what Everyone I'm talking about. Who's listening will know about that. But him running across the drain pipe, even that's funny. Like, there's oh. a lot in the Rottweiler episode. Episode. Them mm. when they're in the different locations, them doing their own bits, Eddie knocking stuff over, very much being a clown there, you know, like destroying Rottweiler's kitchen, Richie getting into bed with Rottweiler and his, and his missus, and something that almost just goes back to basic sort of almost mime is um, when Richie is with Lady Natasha and he's behind her and trying to undo her bra and his hands don't work, yeah. and he sort of reveals himself from behind her with these floppy hands. <laughs> with Bottom being Bottom, when it is violent, it's very violent indeed. Yeah, we can't just go on all the other sides of physical comedy. I think yeah. people are tuning into this episode. <laughs> Physical comedy, yeah, he smashes probably, him with a fucking frying pan. Probably brilliant. waiting for us to discuss a few fight scenes yeah. and yeah. a few falls. And... A lot of the comedy comes from over-the-top savagery of Rick and Aid attacking each other with weapons, punching each other, and they take violence that you'd normally only see in cartoons where consequences are short-lived as everything gets reset, and they apply it to live action. They sort of set new boundaries and standards for physical comedy, especially as it's studio-based as well. It's all there in front of a live audience being done generally live. I know sometimes they have pre-records like the um, bathroom fight, but there's so many fires, explosions, and props that are integral to it. It's amazing how, well, how good it is, but how many, how varied it is, considering it's done in a sitcom set. Yeah, it's almost like how can you do the same thing over and over again, but they find different ways of hitting people, hitting each other with objects, and it's always different and always funny. Every episode, there's something funny. But apparently that's one of the reasons why the BBC was such a popular place to have your programmes on, of course, because they've got the sound effects, they've got the props department, they've got it all there ready for you. So you can be creative, you can actually think about what you can achieve with the visual gags beyond just what they can do together on stage. I mean, they were really, really creative even when they were at the Comedy Store and Saturday Live and all of those like Dangerous Brothers skits, like they're... They're really quite bold. I don't know if you've watched like the Kinky Sex one, which I found on. I don't know if anyone's got it. The the DVD of the Dangerous Brothers, uh, Danger Vision, I think it is. Yeah. And that was the only one that wasn't saved from live on TV. Apparently, it's from a personal video recording from from okay, someone. So well great. done, whoever it was who recorded that. But yeah, like Rick's like <laughs> strapped up in a PVC nursing uniform you yeah. know, to the ceiling, and it's the gag that you know Aid gets home. And it's like, oh, you know, how is he going to get this prostitute out? Um, you know, get him in the cupboard. And yeah, I really recommend watching all of the um, Dangerous Brothers things because I hadn't watched them as as much. Obviously, Bottom and The Young Ones is more what I had watched growing up. And they're just really, really, really bold in what they're trying to achieve. I mean, obviously having prostitutes in bedrooms and all that kind of thing like is inherently outrageous and crude and vulgar. And, you know, you're just hitting all of those visual gags as well as the script and that comedy of embarrassment. Because, yeah. of course, you've got a prostitute in your bedroom when you get home that's pretty embarrassing if your flatmate walks in and finds you doing that isn't it so again like i know people talk about you know cringe comedy that's come in obviously since the office and partridge and all that but i do actually think there's elements of it all the way through rick and aids work as well the classic sitcom convention isn't it being embarrassed 
Mm. at all and or having an authority figure come and, over the vicar which is, which is actually a staple of keeping up appearances yeah, yeah. absolutely the, i mean the british humor particularly we're we're all painfully embarrassed by things that i think mm. it isn't quite the same in american sitcom is it because they're not really no. as embarrassed as we are about things we're painfully embarrassed about the most mundane things like not having sugar in for the vicar when he pops around i think it was lampooned really well i can't remember which episode of the young ones it was but they're watching a shit british sitcom called something oh, like crikey. oh crikey yeah. and it's a classic whoops there go my trousers thing of literally uh, that happens my yeah. trousers have fallen down and now it looks like i'm fucking the cat and now the vicar's walked in oh isn't this embarrassing i can explain <laughs> yeah. oh, crikey. i mean clearly there was quite a few at the time sitcoms like that that they were absolutely mercilessly uh, taking the piss out of but there is a lot of comedy and embarrassment you're right but how much that's more the class side of things how many other sitcoms have violence in them as a staple not many, is there? No. Uh, I can't Not every re- single episode in the way that Bottom and the yeah. Young Ones crashed onto the TV. Yeah. With their incredible setups and fights and Richie beating Eddie to, with a frying pan, There's but no- yeah, Eddie always wins the fight, you know, all that. You the- don't have that in any other sitcom. But then there is still physical violence in modern day sitcom. Been watching American example, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And I, I've just been watching all of that through lockdown. And there are great moments where Dennis gets kicked in the crotch by Charlie and Dee falls out of... She's stealing shoes and she falls out of the store and hits her head really on the, bashes her head yeah. into a car. As someone who's not seen many of... Uh, I've seen a couple of this show and I need to watch more of it because I like you what do, I saw. It's great. Can I ask, in these instances, when these things happen, does it happen once and then it and then that's it? So that's Pretty, the th- that would yeah. be the key difference. They right. haven't got big set-up comedy yeah, violence in the yeah. way that Rick and Aid did it, no. Because I can't think of another show. I know there are the ones where we reference where there is physical comedy in them. Mr. Bean, very physical. Some others do have a lot of physicality. But there's nothing beyond a few Reeves and Mortimer sketches where you see people getting twatted with frying pans or carefully choreographed fights that are done for comedy, apart from if it's in a cartoon, if it's a Tom and Jerry or something like that. Yeah, they don't. Vic and Bob are always referenced. Oh, it's a bit, yeah, a little bit like bottom Mm. stuff. But yes, just from sketches, sometimes they'll be doing a little bit of their fake panel show thing and then hit each other. So not the same thing. Sketch is yeah. you're the pie in the face, it's the way yeah. to round mm. off a, a sketch, but it's not throughout an entire half hour run of sitcom or even a film when you look at Guest House Paradiso, yeah. you know, the amount of violence that they fit into that. So, the fact that, the fact that Rick and Aid really are the only people who do this continually in sitcom brings me to a topic I want to ask you guys about and get your opinions on. And it's quite apt that they were called the Dangerous Brothers because it's talking about the lack of modern physical comedy and the perceived need for danger in it. My my reading up on it goes like this. The modern trend for comedy is largely verbal, stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, but you do see physical comedy in films and on adverts. But generally, comedy is people going up to a microphone and talking into it. Sitcoms have lots of gags, and it's all based in character. Mm. But there's not really, as we've just discussed, anything where you have that much physical comedy on screen. You have act-out, don't you? You have act-out gags, but the idea of violent humour isn't necessarily the trend that's happening i'd say for the last like what 10 15 years since exactly i was reading an article recently on the new yorker website where someone argued that physical comedy had been in quote marks moralized out of existence and the argument goes along these lines physical comedy depends on danger and the possibility of death or the inference of the possibility of death or at least injury and therefore because too often these days the phrase you couldn't do that these days is used by people usually harking back to when you could be openly racist 
or offensive about things. But you can actually use this phrase about much of physical comedy that we see now in Bottom and through Rick and Aid's work. You see things like the towering inferno act they did, where one of them sets the other one on fire on stage. And that's something that you wouldn't see now. And I don't want to always blame health and safety legislation or, or that kind of thing, but you wouldn't now be able to set someone on fire live on television or but also you wouldn't get now in a sitcom um you wouldn't have a piano crashing down through onto the stage with the actor on it or a bed doing it the young ones with the two actors on it because it would be done with cg and stuntmen and all these kind of safety things so as nowadays when you get these kind of physical comedy bits which you'll see in a film with like Melissa McCarthy or something like that there'll be her flying around in the Ghostbusters remake because she can't control the proton stream when we're watching that we know it's CG or a stunt double so does the lack of perceived danger reduce the comedy do you see my point oh absolutely yeah your Skype's rocked up a bit but um, I I do do see that argument the idea that it's no longer real you mean CGI takes away some of the shine yeah because because when we see Buster Keaton or Charlie Chaplin mm. or Harold Lloyd doing it, that's not a stunt double and it's not CG. Mm. We know that actually there's when that car crosses in front of the train and narrowly misses it, mm. we know that happened in real life. So, yeah, I don't think the same thing we say, Buster, uh, same thing Rowan Atkinson was saying that Charlie Chaplin, we don't really find him funny anymore. Those stuff with Buster Keaton... I don't think that's funny either. I just think that that's impressive. More, oh, that is okay. what, fucking hell! Wow. Yeah, I watched Charlie Chaplin, and I'm really, really, really in awe. Of yeah. Being, that that what's being achieved on screen, but you don't necessarily laugh anymore. Do you think societal attitudes have changed towards physical comedy? Then, do you think this? You know, when we do mention bottom, and people say, "Oh, it's only slapstick," mm. and you want to twat them with a kidney dish. Like the idea behind that is that oh, you know, clowning and tomfoolery and all of the things that make up slapstick or comedy violence you know that's that's looked down upon people do look down on clowning the word clown means negative now that that guy's a clown oh thank you very much is that inherently because we think wordy comedy is much more made for the people who are clever yeah and things have moved forward in that way rather than but then inherently we will still laugh at someone who suffers a calamity and you know that they're okay at the end that they've not but is there a slight snobbery now towards, not towards someone who takes a tumble once, that's funny, but towards someone who takes a tumble every day? Does that then get people looking down their nose going, that's a bit tragic? So back in the day of uh, of Charlie Chaplin and Harold Lloyd, the audience loved that they were throwing themselves downstairs and falling out of windows and that kind of thing. Now, if we see someone doing that all the time and destroying their body, do we feel a bit sorry for them? How do you explain things like jackass and the amount of videos that go around online with people Ah. injuring themselves Ah. in various different hideous ways? Do you think we've actually got too much of that for free on YouTube now that in comedy it's almost where you can't really write that into a sitcom because now people are addicted to it being really real? Maybe, maybe. I think it's only a theory. I'm not saying that is definitely it. I'm just like that is interesting because these these videos are really popular. It's like you've been framed on acid, isn't it? Ah, Most of it now that goes. I think maybe the popularity of shows like You've Been Framed and Candid Camera, where due to the mass availability of camcorders and now phones, seeing these things is commonplace. So Mm. shows like You've Been Framed were really popular when they first came out because it was rare to see people falling over at a wedding. It was funny. Absolutely. But now it's become commonplace. Well, Noel's Christmas video family accidents, (laughs) you can look them up all day long. But I'm really glad you mentioned Jackass because I have a point to make about that. And Jackass is probably the only thing I can think of where you see actual dangerous stunts that are akin to the kind of things that Rick and A do in a studio. Mm. But on Jackass, 
the stunt is the joke. Mm -hmm. In Bottom and Young Ones, it's not the stunt that's the joke. That is actually, that's them doing something incidental as part of a story and in character. On Jackass, it's them saying, look at us doing a dangerous thing, isn't it funny? That's exactly what I would say. Is that That's what annoys me when people say it, is just slapstick, because it's being woven into mm -hmm. the narrative in Bottom, yeah. and that's yeah. what makes it so much much it elevates it it's so yeah, much more intelligent exactly. and clever like you, i mean johnny knoxville well done you did a very dangerous thing getting fired out of a cannon or being on a ladder that a car drove through the bottom of it but rick and a do something like that mm -hmm. whilst also doing lines being in character hitting their marks mm -hmm. and performing something in a studio yeah. you know i mean we haven't mentioned it yet either but you know obviously sasha baron cohen with borat <laughs> and every time he surprises real people yeah. in the public you know it, it, it brings an extra element to it doesn't it because he's being a fool in front of them and he's often like either setting himself or them up isn't yeah. he and that's very physical as well it's very physical but also there's a sense of there's another different kind of sense of danger there that if you take Borat there's a great physical comedy scene where him and his manager wrestle through a, run through a hotel naked <laughs> yeah. and wrestle so there's the gross it, element ah there's partly the gross element but it's not funny in itself because it's naked men wrestling but it's because the they're, yeah. they're surrounded by people who think it's real, who, who aren't in on the joke. Which is a thing being somewhere that it's not meant to be. Yeah, it mm -hmm. makes it, it gives an element of danger mm -hmm. and also makes it slightly uncomfortable. It's interesting that that's where it's developed to, isn't it? And I do wonder what is next in mm. sitcom yeah. and because things come round often in a cycle but it feels like slapstick is now something that has been not consigned to the history books mm. but yeah. it feels like a lot of people aren't necessarily setting out to write a, a new sitcom that's going to rival bottom I mean, maybe there are people out there writing that but you'd have to be really really good at your craft and i don't know whether you've got like you were saying there's not as much of it so there's not as many opportunities to practice it yeah in the way that rick and aid did yeah. they had years and years of practicing these characters and doing these stunts did you see um just talking about sasha baron cohen he did and also charlie chaplin when he accepted an award at the Britannia Awards in the US. Phenomenal. He did a great thing. And again, this involves people not being in on the joke. So mm -hmm. he, he was there to accept some award. I don't know whether it was a Lifetime Achievement Award or this year's Favourite Person Award. Salma Hayek was there to present the award. And on, she had on stage next to her this little old lady in a wheelchair. And she presented her as this lady. The age of five, she starred in City Lights with Charlie Chaplin. She's the only surviving person, okay. actor, to have worked with him. And she had Charlie Chaplin's cane. And Sasha Baron Cohen came on stage and accepted the award and she handed him the, state, uh, the cane and said, this was Charlie's so cane. presenting it as yeah. if that's, that's part of the reward. Yeah, I, I would like you to have it. And, and he took it and he's very gracious and he started sort of clowning around on stage doing a chaplain and then he, sl he slips and falls no. forward and pushes her in her wheelchair no. off the stage onto the floor <laughs> in front of Julia Roberts, George Clooney, yeah. Ben Kingsley, a load of other actors. You hear this <gasps> for a moment and then Sasha Baron Cohen jumps down and starts doing CPR on her and then you get this sort of relieved, oh, it's all a big joke. <laughs> when you look at it again, you realise, oh, it's a stunt woman with old makeup on. <laughs> but it's it's a really great gag. No one sees it coming. Mm -hmm. He does a load of CPR. Then someone comes and picks her up and starts taking her off as he gets back on stage and saying, thank you doing for this. Speech, yeah. yeah, he's like he's doing his speech and then stops and goes, can you get her out of here? She's kind of upstaging <laughs> me, man, okay? <laughs> My favourite little moment in that is that, like, uh, she is, was. Yeah, the, uh... <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, Grace Cullingham yeah. is... Sorry, was yeah. the uh, last... <laughs> 
Like it was a great bit of physical comedy. He did a great Chaplin walk, but also it was unexpected. The audience was surprised, not in on the joke, and it felt dangerous. I think that's the difference, isn't it? Now that it's just having people who are bold enough to do it, and you have to have planned it out, and like the, it's a hell of a lot of hard work. I imagine setting up that kind of a gag and making sure it's going to pay off because you've got one chance to do it. Because again, going back to the pie in the face, there was a you know a real trepidation around if we don't get this one shot we get that pie exactly where it's meant to go then you've mm. got to go back into makeup you've got to change you've got to go yeah. back and reshoot it all of course you would yeah. you know because yeah. you'd have to clean it all off yeah, and yeah. you know so there was a real it's one shot or nothing that it's not danger necessarily but it adds tension doesn't it do you remember i can't remember the exact details of who the performers were it was like strictly come dancing or something which is sad old bloke dancing in a sugar plum fairy type thing and it was all taken like ultra seriously but like oh it's the humor of it's this aging old stupid man doing it and then it ends with uh, uh like a weight being dropped on him i don't remember this at and, all uh, it pans up you see this other s- ugly weird sad old git laughing like ha 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 right. are you talking about let's dance for comic relief yeah rick and eight yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought right. you were talking around it. I was like, yeah. Like, so that was the, you know, when Abe did the dying swan routine. Okay. And Rick obviously ends up dropping the 10 ton mm. weight on him. Or, Which is, yeah, as you mind of, uh, of it from the Chaplin thing he was asking. As you were about. describing it, the thing that came to mind was I was visualising it as a Terry Gilliam Monty Python <laughs> cartoon oh, for some yeah. reason. All right. <laughs> it, it really does play out like a cartoon. Because yeah. like, I think in the semi-final, didn't he come up with the frying pan, Rick? think and so really you know he was like just die and be it was like his last ever <laughs> appearance yeah. on the bbc Rick. with aids like that was what 2011 but yeah yeah that was the last time obviously they didn't know it but that was the last time they were going to be on stage um it's great that clip it feels really old school doesn't yeah. it when you watch it and it's because you it. don't know it's coming as well and it's yeah. to an audience a lot of young people but who's that Weird man that came on and attacked <laughs> Mr. Edmondson. Yeah. <laughs> well, because Aid sells it in the second one really well because he's doing the dying routine and then he's kind of looking behind him, isn't he? Like, you know, he where is he? Is he going to come on? And then it's like celebration and then the ton weight drops yeah. on him. And it reminded me of um, the Dangerous Brothers sketch where the two pianos get dropped on them. Right. Remember that one? Like that. So. And there's a really great misdirection in that gag where they're just like, oh, you know, we're going to have to drop. We're going to have to drop the piano gag. And then they drop. (laughs) Brilliant. Play on words and physical, you know, it's all of the hits would be in there. It's not just, I hate saying just because slapstick is amazing. I really admire. The more that I look into it, the more I admire it as an art form. Have you ever had a milkshake? Oh, it's just, just ice cream and milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, this is it. Like the fact that it does speak to us all inherently and you don't need language in order to translate it. Like that mm. should be something that is really, I think, celebrated. Like the fact that Mr. Bean's gone all around the world and he's literally the most recognisable face in British comedy, isn't he? Yeah. Right? Atkinson, as a result of Mr. Bean, not Blackadder. Yeah. Even though I would say I'd much rather watch Blackadder day in, day out than I would re-watch Mr. Bean. <sighs> It's perfect clowning, isn't it, as Mr. Bean? I mean, have you got a favourite episode of... Of Mr. Bean? Bean? I remember really enjoying it as a a younger person. I can't remember how old I was. It was to do with props, but also the way he used them. Very simple. He's at a park bench. I think it's with Angus Deaton. It could be Richard Driscoll. I think it's Angus Deaton. And Angus Deaton is eating a sandwich. And Mm. Mr. Bean wants a sandwich. He's jealous. Fortunately, he's got all the constituent components on him, but he has to repair them. (laughs) And so in order to do that, he does things like... um, he, I can't remember how he washes his lettuce, but he puts it in a sock and spins it above his head to dry it. Mm-hmm. In order to butter the bread, he gets out a credit card 
and mm-hmm. and you know and butters it and then does one of these few lines in it in the in that episode in his funny voice my flexible friend mm-hmm. which in his voice is a very funny thing that was probably one of my favorite ones and it was so simple and it's just two people in a studio sat next to each other mm. and was that predating rowan doing the barclays ad didn't he do barclay card <laughs> or maybe he got it from that <laughs> i'm yeah. not sure it maybe does actually doesn't i remember him on the barclay card anyway i digress but yeah my favorite would probably be the dentist mm. right episode if you remember that one is brilliant because in the first half it's him realizing he's late he gets up late and it's rushing to get ready and, and he's full. in the car yeah, you know okay. getting dressed he's brushing his teeth with the windscreen wash or whatever uh-huh. <laughs> he's like yes. trying to eat his bowl of cereal all that kind of thing and then it's victor meldrew richard wilson okay the dentist yeah. in the second half of that half hour and obviously it all just like goes through like you know mm-hmm. mr bean ends up like you know, giving him like the drugs isn't he and he's like knocked out and then well, bean does, does his own everyone. filling i think yeah. he just does he it. does the wrong tooth <laughs> he does the every yeah. single tooth yeah <laughs> Horrific! Imagine yeah. like how much pain that doing it yourself. My favourite one, I would say, is is the exam where I really love that one. As I, well. I loved. I used to do it in school all the time where you, you slides across <laughs> without moving. <laughs> it's just the physical. The, what you're actually doing. It's very easy to do actually, but it just looks so impressive. Yeah. And the fact that what the character's doing doesn't make any sense at all it's like well i still notice you moving just because your body's not it's so yeah so far and there's the payoff of the he had the wrong exam mm, he did the wrong one but it's brilliant isn't it because it is inherently everyone knows you shouldn't be cheating but you're kind of willing him to succeed in it aren't you even though obviously it's breaking the social convention as all comedians should be doing and the fact that he obviously gets his comeuppance and all of that <laughs> and so well done and now it's time for a word from our sponsors Buy the Talking Bottom book. It's available on Unbound.com. If it's available on Unbound.com, does that mean there's a chance it's not going to come out? No, because it got funded in one fucking week. Because it's that good. Get in on the action. The Talking Bottom book on Unbound.com. Search for bottom. So I was researching physical comedy for the Talking Bottom book and it brought me to a quote from Mel Brooks, which is this. Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you fall into an open sewer and die. (laughs) And it put me in mind of a scene in A Fish Called Wanda that I'd heard a story about, which is in that film, Michael Palin is trying to kill a little old lady and he keeps on accidentally systematically killing her dogs. And apparently in the test screening for that film, when he killed one of the dogs, when it was squashed, yeah. when when the thing was pulled back, I think it was a, I can't remember if it was a piano. It's either a piano or like a skip. Apparently, in the original version of the film, when the object was pulled back, there was a sort of disgusting, flattened dog that looked quite realistic. Uh-huh. And obviously, test audiences did not laugh at this. So what they did was they reshot it, and then they had the comedy pancake flattened dog. Yeah. Uh-huh. So... My question is, why do moments that would otherwise be tragic amuse us? Is it because we go into it expecting comedy? Why are we laughing at these scenes? Is it because of the unrealism of the result? Absolutely, I think that is a key part of it. But I also think the, the reason you're laughing at that is also because he's been trying to kill her. And then there's the, you know, obviously it's, a, an innocent. it's a, he, he ends up getting the dog, so he hasn't even achieved what he wanted to. So he's a dimwit, you know, he's the he's the fool. I think as well is the fact that it's not like, oh, it's just a fucking dog. He loves animals, yeah. so he, oh no! Yeah, so like, attitude yeah. comes into it. So some of the comedy comes from the fact that he sees what he's done and feels guilty and is crying. Mm. If he was, if it was Kevin Klein's 
character doing it and yeah. didn't give a shit. It would not be it, as funny. Have you seen the inside number nine with the dog getting thrown at the window? Yes. And, <laughs> uh, a Quiet Night In is the episode. I don't know if you've seen it, Matt. The, uh, I've seen all of them. The, so the, the burglars yeah, and it's okay. all completely silent. Yeah. So mm. a brilliant example of physical comedy because the whole thing, apart from the odd line here and there, yeah is mine <laughs> to anyone who hasn't watched it he ends up killing a dog doesn't he like throws it to get it out of the house and <laughs> throws it out of the window why is that funny because it is quite you know it's not really sold as he feels guilty about it because then they put it in the plant pot don't they and they like bash it down and everything i think it's because it <laughs> it is because it's so horrible that yeah. you, you have to laugh because it's so unbelievably not okay yeah, release of, of pressure I suppose. again i think they're they're burglars aren't they their, their attitude is that they're criminals you mm-hmm. know so you're letting them do these horrible things because they're getting away with quite literally murder later on is it so it's that it, it leads you up to setting the scene of what their attitude is and if yeah. you don't mind killing a dog they're going to kill anyone and- a lot of physical gags are about what leads up to it, the setup that actually then puts the cherry on top of the physical thing that we're seeing. The thing that comes to mind here is Del Boy falling through a bar. In itself, a man falling over, mildly funny. But if you add to the fact that before that, him and Trigger are trying to impress some women in the bar. Mm-hmm. They're trying to be all smooth. They think that, you know, they think they're going to pull them. He's got a bit of dignity when he's yeah. dressed up nicely. His ego is being bruised mm-hmm. and his air of cool is being deflated. Oh, and he's trying to show off to Trigger. Play it nice and cool, son. Play it nice and cool. Isn't it? Like, he's trying to be the one who's better than Trigger, but then he ends up being the fool. So he's, he's knocked down. Uh, the from... fool itself. The fool. Not the fool. The fool. F-A-L-L. It's completely, like, rigid and flat the way he falls that in itself is funny oh god mm. yeah the way David mm. Jason sells that is amazing I can't watch that scene anymore though thanks to Stuart Lee <laughs> yeah you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. aware of what I'm talking about with yeah. the big wicker man yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, that is amazing because obviously it always tops all the kind of you know, greatest comedy moments doesn't it and it is brilliant I, there's no taking that away from David oh. Jason's performance in that and also, I know it's been said when people have talked about the scene of all, but it's added to by Trigger's reaction as well, looking around as though Della's yeah. suddenly disappeared. Right, so I thought what we might do is have a little run through the episodes of Bottom and talk about some of the elements of physical humour in them, starting yeah. at the beginning. Isn't that what we did in series one, two and three of our podcast? Uh, yes, but we didn't focus specifically on physical comedy. Okay. Yeah, we're going to fly through this one. So, starting at the beginning, smells. What comes to mind immediately there is what I would always choose as actually one of my favourite scenes of the entire show is the bathroom fight. Mm-hmm. It's one of the only times they use any kind of, not camera trickery, but the, the fight is shot in a dynamic way. The They do a little bit in future episode, which I'll bring up when we get to that one. Oh, can you bear the suspense for which episode we're going to be? It's, uh, it's the chest fight scene is what I'm talking about. Absolutely, because that's like one gag after another. It's not just punch, 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 is it? It's the starting off the mm. nostrils and the smack and beginning the beginning of it it's not a fight it's a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and then and it's using a variety of props mm-hmm. as yeah. well which obviously props can be inherent to the physical or visual comedy you know objects acting in ways that you're not expected them to and obviously the pliers mm. look quite convincingly real don't they but you don't often see someone's nose getting literally getting ragged around a bathroom with a pair of pliers at the nose you know mm. it's inherently funny those pliers are one of my favorite props mm. in bottom they look so real the way they just connect the symptom, yeah. yeah it's yeah. a thing of Oh, you can can imagine what that feels like, right? It's something that's yeah. just accessible enough, I think, and it's it's an everyday object used in a different way. 
But something else that comes to mind in that episode when it comes to physical comedy is not violence. It's uh, Rick behind the lesbians in the pub, miming Johnny's and also trying to sort of waft the uh, love oh, potion yeah, over yeah, them. Yeah, that, <laughs> my favourite thing with the wafting is the spraying <laughs> concentrated into his armpit and then... Butts it over. It, it's so. It's that's really subtle the way he does it. It's it's not over the top, but like the action itself is over the top. The yeah, wafting. It's, it's definitely exaggerated movements, isn't it? But, also, we got v- vomit right at the top of the episode. And then, of course, the freeze frame at the end of smells is when Eddie's obviously trying to have it off with Richie, isn't he? And he's you know he's mm. going for the chair first. He's then he's going for Richie, yeah. and then it, the punch. So it does end on. So in gas, the one that comes to mind really is them beating the absolute shit out of the gas man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's such a great extended sequence. Ed Bai talked about it, the way Rick was trying to sort of have a competition with the sound guy. The fact that you've got Richie and Eddie alternating with each other and the reactions from the gas man as well. But also in that episode, once they go over to Rottweiler's place, individually they have a lot of moments themselves, don't they? Physical oh comedy. yeah, I mean on the bed, Richie when the bed collapses of course and all that and you know, Richie's amongst them. Aid just getting all that food out of the fridge and like the breaking of the, um, uh-huh. the china and putting one little cup back. Yeah, <laughs> no a... one would ever know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that's through Undersold as well, isn't it? The, uh, <laughs> they get, there's a comedy thing, a very cartoony, very, very Tom and Jerry opening up a fridge mm-hmm. full, of, full of stuff. There's something kind of it's not almost not funny, but it's mm. I don't know. There's something there, isn't there? Oh yeah, there, well, it's the a... greed, isn't it? Aspect uh-huh. of it, like and that is what does hark back to probably ancient Greece. You know, that yeah. People would be lampooned for various different traits that are actually you know not to be desired, and social convention wouldn't be that you'd go into anyone's house and rob their, <laughs> their, gas their entire and food the, supply yeah. and their, st- their gas. You know, they're, well, crim- they're it's, it's criminal behaviour. Up a theft. They go and steal more. Yeah. And in the Rowan Atkinson documentary, again, he's, you know, it was like inherently in the comedian, you know, they've got no regard for legality mm. or morality was one <laughs> of the things. And that is Richie and Eddie all over. The final thing I would mention in that is just the shot where Richie is running towards the kitchen and a gas explosion happens mm-hmm. in the same shot. He jumps back from. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. And Rockweiler at the end. I, that's, the that's what I would say. Yeah, the Doing Kool-Aid it. moment. It's Kool-Aid yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, he is playing that. He wouldn't play that any differently if you were doing a slasher film and Brian Glover was the serial killer or the monster, mm-hmm. or whatever. It, he performed exactly the same way, but just mm-hmm. because we know it's a comedy, that's, that gets a laugh, it doesn't get a, yeah. a gasp. So next one, Contest. This one was the pilot, so they weren't playing the characters slightly the same as they did for the rest of the series. So there's not as many bits of what one would call physical humour okay. in here. I know, I know there's what I would say. Richie, the kettle, the boy. kettle, yeah. the kettle yeah. still hot and then falling out of the window and the calamity of him coming back up and, you know, yes, I, you know, the amount of pain I, I'm in would suggest. I totally agree, but they're all in about the last three minutes, aren't That's they? That's true. There's a lot of wordy build-up. But, you know, Richie dropping his trousers, yes, ready to the way wank. he lets it drop down. You know, it doesn't, it's not just suddenly cut to his in his pants. Yeah. He lets it fall down like a child and then does a sort of limbering up of the wrist and Mm -hmm. a blowing of the hand to sort of warm himself Mm -hmm. up for his wankathon okay so this is a marrying of dialogue and the performance but his phone call thing Mm. of the drink Mm. the the facial expressions on that pull that up to an 11 it's it's a complete act out of a gag Uh isn't it he's completely in his own head and everything that Richie's doing is selling it to you and you're laughing every step of the way Eddie in the background as well just Mm -hmm. slow trying to ignore him (laughs) and just slowly turning around like you're annoying me you're annoying me but he can't what are you doing fingers in his ears trying (laughs) to block him out apocalypse 
clips. Now this one does have quite a few in. Mm -hmm. Shoots a thug in the eye, leans on a patient in the hospital and blood comes out, <laughs> pushes a man in a wheelchair down a lift shaft and obviously ends on a kick in the bollocks. I think the biggest one for me is Edward Hitler come down here at once. Yeah, the piano crash. That is one of my favourite moments in the, the all of them. <laughs> Just the timing of it is sublime and the fact you know it's crashed onto where richie's been hiding for the last three days as well <laughs> it's so beautiful yeah. all of it the way it's been written but richie leaning on the patient in the hospital it's is it enormous murder isn't it it's some one of the only times i think it you don't it's certainly suggested that that guy's dead but yeah i mean i think we went over it at the time we did the episode but like it's never really sat right with me the amount of blood that you do see in that i know it's comedy blood and yeah you know you don't think he's actually you know leaning on a basically caught now do you think it skirts the line between comedy and gore there yeah i right. think it does a little bit but especially when it then goes in his face the spurs just a little bit out of time as well yeah. when it, it <laughs> then squirts yeah. now, the more i watch it the more i do appreciate that one but when i was watching it when i was younger i never used mm. to really laugh at it but now i'm like yeah actually that's really well done okay so next one is obviously sup what comes mm. to mind there physical comedy wise another one of my favorite moments is the pickled onion sandwich where he set up the fall that is meant that to be eddie's yeah it's meant to be that Eddie will come sit down on the chair and yeah. fall yeah, and it ends up being Rick that gets on the chair that sure. <laughs> after okay. being you know hit in the face by the roof the trap door and he's like oh you know take take a load off sit down here and then he gets Boom. yeah it's not an impressive fall but it's because of all the build up to it oh I was going to say that it, it's a very impressive fall because there's no break in the speed at which he's moving he's almost falling down into the chair expecting the chair to take his weight the chair moves and he just keeps going without changing speed the chair may all, may as well almost not be there yeah. he but may as well just be falling onto the floor what I love about that is also it's the dim wit isn't it of Richie like he's set up that yeah. chair he knows that that yeah. is going yeah. to yeah. collapse but in the moment yeah. he's so stupid that you know he's you know he's got his nose broken you know he's forgotten and he's like thanks mate and sits down yeah. <laughs> and then eddie doesn't even react to that as well he just carries on with his sandwich Honourable mention to Eddie being knocked off the roof because his yeah. legs go right up. But for me, is the seagull shitting in Richie's face. <laughs> That's a wonderful bit of physical yeah. comedy, isn't it? It's the fool being crapped on by... And he smiles because he thinks he's won. Yeah. He thinks, oh, it is rain, just in this little area in a little jet of warm rain. For me, it's Mr 55P introducing Richie's face to the uh, counter mm. in the shop. Oh, he's, God. Yeah, he, yeah. Like, it's like that guy is some sort of ex-SAS guy or something because he does that move really like... Yeah, okay, you know. Like he, he had a bit of skill there. Just no nonsense, isn't it? And then the noise that is made by Rick's head bouncing off it. And then just the, see you, ready. Uh, it's just top. Yeah, off, bye, really. John. That's a good reveal as well, isn't it? But that's not physical, that's written. So, accident. Obviously, the title would uh, suggest there's lots of uh, examples in this. And mm. in fact, there is. Richie's leg gets broken and is bending the wrong way. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, leads on to breaking a second one that's, through yeah. flying down the stairs at speed in a wheelchair. <laughs> And then crashing through a wooden door. There's something funny, even even if that happened in real life, someone broke their leg or in a wheelchair and you'd be like, oh, that's bad. And then a few hours later, they broke the other leg. You'd, you'd smirk yeah. at it, I think. Oh, yeah. But the, it's the fact that they're indestructible, aren't they? Because, you know, mm. most people like wouldn't be able to... <laughs> survive the pain of that yeah. one but you know Richie's back later on at his party you know all that kind of thing <laughs> completely unfazed but that image of him shooting down the stairs and into the toilet is incredible isn't it it's interesting is it because again it's the attitude I think because you know you mentioned like there's a bit of snobbery for certain things like three men in a tin bath going down a hill from Nasta some wine that's speaking to the same thing within you isn't it really mm -hmm. the idea of people you know careering down a you know hill and into calamity yeah. but 
Richie getting that done to him is much, much more hilarious to it, me than it is those characters in, I don't even know what they're all called. Compo, Clegg and someone else and Gromit. Is it because in Last of the Summer Wine, because they keep reusing that same joke, though? The, so it's yeah. become a cliche. It's almost become a bit it's, like... Um, a low- actually, is this the same sort of thing as like Captain Pugwash, we all remember it wrong? Do they actually fall down a hill in a tin bath every episode? Because no. I can't imagine that. No, not Why episode. would they go up, up a fucking I, hill with a bath? Probably or? not. And it's probably been informed by things like I've seen a spoof version with Matt Lucas and someone else in going down a hill. Sure. Because they're spoofing the same convention of is it the Mandela effect? Do we all remember it? But it only happened once. Yeah. But it is interesting, isn't it, that an entire show can be summed up by one particular image and usually it will be physical comedy so if you ask anyone to talk yeah. about maybe one particular thing in bottom it probably is the frying pan to the face isn't it you know? and yet Last of the Summer Wine was 99% old men standing around walking in fields and being incredibly fucking boring yeah exactly and occasionally trying to goose Nora yeah. Batty <laughs> well she'd be beating him away with her broom and all that kind of stuff yeah. Yeah. if she was just horrified and got assaulted. That's not funny, but it's her <laughs> she, being. Yeah. So she turns up at the police station yeah. sobbing. <laughs> yeah, some like old men in sitcoms and stuff have the kind of sexual proclivity as a ventriloquist dummy, that sort of thing, where it's just full ah, on so filth, and for some reason it's okay. Here's a, okay. Well, it's not okay, is it? That's no, the point. No, no, breaking we, social we allow it, we don't see them as a villain. No, we're not, yeah, we're not horrified so, by it because it's played. Take a Benny Hill routine where he's chasing women around at double speed with yakety sax playing. Slow it down to normal speed and remove the music. Absolutely. And, and then add yeah. screams. I hope someone <laughs> has done that on YouTube. Let's, uh, let's look that up right. <laughs> Do you ever see, um, I think it was a sketch on Alexi Sale sketch show where they had Benny Elton. Ben Elton doing <laughs> oh, Benny Hill. chasing them around. Thatcher, Thatcher. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so series two, Digger. This one has a reasonable amount as well. Anything leap to mind for you guys? Oh, well, I'm in the fight through the curtain. With, you know, <laughs> Back in the kitchen. Yeah. The, 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 and then he ends up in the wrong place, unexpected. So that's what's expected, but it is almost like a deconstruction of television. Yeah. We'll pull back. Oh, wait, we're in the wrong position. Yeah. We've totally done the wrong thing. The the logic of it. Yeah. No sense at all, isn't it? Because until that point, what space was he existing in? Like, he pulls back and it's like he didn't exist until it's revealed. The visual yeah. gag there. And that, that, hang on, I'm not where I thought I would be. You but knew where you were. What do you mean? That's exactly yeah. it. And then I think as well as the horror side of it, it's apparently magic use the same tricks as a comedian to surprise you as they do you know a magician does to astonish so it's that idea of people not being in the place you expect them to be when you pull back and reveal but yeah that one stands out the mashed potato the yeah. head in, in the mash yeah the <laughs> The stab in the head with the fork, due to the reaction and the sound effect, it's particularly vicious and funny. Eddie, I think I must be hallucinating. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll find out. Thunk. But something for me that's great physical comedy in this is just Rick's reaction to, um, it's fish poo, your highness. His face. (laughs) The way he's retching and sticking his tongue out, that blackened tongue. And then, of course, as we mentioned earlier, the build-up to getting Natasha undressed in his bedroom. I think all of his, how (laughs) horny and childlike and nervous he is. Well, and actually, thinking about it, there's a piece of physical comedy that presumably exists on film that we've been denied in this episode because Ed By told us that he had to cut it out, which is the original cut had a, not inference, but it basically had Richie coming in his pants and they had to cut that particular shot, didn't they? It's still there, sort of, isn't it? But it's not, Mm. yeah, yeah. It's not a visual gag. It's just. But of course, Richie ends up saying, "I'm going to have to go and change my pajama bottoms." What would the visual gag have been? A close-up on his crotch and seeing a stain appear. Oh no! I think I think it would. I think it would be played out on his face. We'd see his O face. Have we ever seen that? Because we've seen him kind of 
fucking a goldfish bowl and stuff. But yeah, that's but the closest to it, I think, of him actually enjoying. He never he never reached uh, yeah. where he was going to with it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it probably would be you know too much for the BBC even after yeah. the watershed. I think fuck, fuck you, Yentob. Honorable mention for the heart defibrillator yeah. brain operation. Like that's sort of, again, that's the comedy overstatement of the reaction. The way Aid sort of throws his hands up in uh-huh. the air is very similar to when Rick is on stage getting kicked in the bollocks and he throws his arms and legs up yeah. each time. It's to let uh-huh. the entire room know this is a big comedic reaction. And it's the punchline to yeah. the whole episode as well. Yeah. Culture. Absolutely full of them. It really is, isn't Custody it? pants, that's all in the physical thing because it's not actually mm-hmm. really that heavy, probably. Well, it probably actually is more heavy than a normal pair of pants. It definitely looks quite, the way Rick's selling it, yeah, yeah. It's clearly like a big plastic tub, isn't uh-huh. it, that he's got around him for his undies. And then, of course, we've, we've so, mentioned it every single episode probably, don't we? But the chess fight. Yeah, because it's one fight with several moments in it, isn't it? It's why it's so... To say the one the fight is it's underselling, yeah. isn't it? The, it's The toes is good. Yeah. The umbrella, I think. Yeah. That's a really nice visual gag because yeah. it's the stab R opening of the umbrella, which actually wouldn't make it stab in more, but it just visually looks impressive. And then that it's left the tip in him, whatever. <laughs> uh, I think... I think my favourite though is just the head being smashed in with the fridge door and you see Richie's reaction to it with his arms just like going up a little bit less yeah. and then <laughs> it's not like he's like he's been knocked as he, out. As yeah. he's gradually losing consciousness. Yeah. Yeah. Eddie smashing the TV over Richie's head is just their version of a custard pie in the face, isn't it? It's attacking yeah. someone with an object in a humiliating manner. Yeah. An everyday object that we recognise not being used mm. for the purpose it is intended. That's mm. that exactly it, isn't it? It's using objects for violence that you you know wouldn't generally tend yeah. to in a civilized household but i actually was thinking about it like if rick and aid ever did the pie in the face gag and i can't think of a time that it was recorded but it says on wikipedia that in the pre-record of the let's dance for comet relief when they first had rick come on with the frying pan apparently in the pre-record you know the rehearsal he did, he did do a pie, pie in the face, face. Oh, yeah. oh really mm. okay oh man i wonder if that exists on film somewhere Burglary. Ha the burglar. What don't they do to him? (laughs) The pencil up the nose, I think, is my stand-up moment there. That's just an angle gang. It's almost like a magic trick. When I was thinking of physical stuff for this episode, the thing that came to mind instantly was lower yourself evenly and it'll and mm-hmm. it'll easily hold the weight. And I think that and the burglar stuff is so entrenched in your mind that you forget things like, do your balls hang low and pulling mm-hmm. Eddie up the mm-hmm. um, stairs? Yeah, because that's early on in the episode. But yeah, that I love that. Yeah, that's very cartoony. The pulley system mm. that he's already got, got ready. Not to mention, of course, actually the way Eddie plays it, Eddie returning home completely pissed, mm-hmm. playing the drunk very well. That's, I guess, Comedia dell'arte in influences just having the exaggeration the body movements of mm. I think he uh, Richie insinuates that he stinks of booze but I mean yeah. he's told that but you, you can oh. tell straight away the comedy cartoon drunk you know like <laughs> yeah like I mean, when do they what are they hiccups when they <laughs> drinking <laughs> those things Rick's face when he's at the ironing board waiting for him to come in yeah <laughs> what time do you call this like that goes round as a meme everywhere doesn't it Rick's expectant yeah. face the Sellotaping taping the burglar to the ceiling well the yeah. whacking him down I think yeah. is quite funny it's, it's not often that it's someone else other than Richie Neddy getting hit that's that funny usually in bottom you see an overstated reaction to a to an attack to a hit when the burglar comes into the flat and hits Eddie while they're both staring at the ceiling mm-hmm. Eddie gives an understated reaction which is he doesn't react to it at all yeah, laid. yeah it's the cartoon hit Three, two, one, then fall yeah, over. It's like gravity not working on them. It's that same sort yeah. of 
concept, isn't it? What is it that he's so tough and hard that he I can think accept that? Drunk. I always thought it was that he's just too stupid. Yeah, for, I yeah. think it's so yeah. slow. Yeah. It's like like the reflex test with the hammer and the knee thing. Just if you were dumb, dim-witted, it would take a long time. I think that, that happens with Homer, doesn't it? knocks and then you see like a day pass same gag it's, it's being slow isn't it yeah. their brain so slow it doesn't even register pain so parade i guess uh robert lewenin's reactions to the the leg being <laughs> pulled up that's painful enough for those horrific facial expressions but doesn't wake him up that is gold and parade isn't there when they actually sell punching mrs spudgon Yes, Chief Inspector Grobelar mm. punches her in the face, doesn't yeah. he? Which shouldn't play all right, but it does. I think it's because she's been quite vulgar and <laughs> oh, annoying yeah. the whole episode. Yeah, it's exactly. not just a woman. Her equal opportunities violence. Yeah, her and the charity collector in um, the Lady mm. Natasha episode, you know, Let Me Take Your Coat, they're the only instances of women oh. getting... Yeah. abused in yeah, this I, was, I, I use abused in its loosest possible sense there obviously I forgot that that was that episode because that is one of my <laughs> moments that I think stand out uh, the charity worker uh, when Eddie knocks her down the stairs like proper like mallet doesn't he hit her on the head it's not yeah. very much donk but, to a woman as well but, but she hits back doesn't she that's why that works I she guess does. so holy obviously the entire setup to Santa coming in the room that Eddie set up the booby trap for and Richie yeah. ended up getting strung up. Whole so, opening sequence is mm, fantastic. So what? where does that kind of stuff originate from? The like contraptions, you know, the Wallace and Gromit things? I, uh, the... I genuinely think that it's cartoon. Uh-huh. It? You're right. But, it, it's the Acme equipment being used, isn't it? But yeah. one thing that knocks over another thing which does a lever, that mm-hmm. sort of thing precisely with yeah the little homemade alarm system that eddie's put the effort that would actually have to be done for that to go that is funny as well yeah, because just it, thinking that, that it all pays off if it just misfires something yeah there's nothing is it but the brilliant thing is that it doesn't actually deter richie at all obviously once he is like <laughs> brought down he just comes in anyway and wakes up eddie yeah i think him lopping his finger off is one of the strongest visual gags i would say that is top three in all of bottom that finger coming off is so iconic his facial expression really sells it having eddie react to it Mm -hmm. or not react to it one that comes to mind for me is one that it's just it's props working for you but it's a great visual gag which is uh serving the potatoes Mm -hmm. how many potatoes well after they had the argument serves it smashes the plate that's what it tells you all you need to all you need to know Uh absolutely and the same with the pudding going on fire and (laughs) like and and the object not being the size you expect it to be when they reveal the turkey Mm. (laughs) it's completely shriveled to nothing yeah with a little bit of smoke i quite like it's almost a throwaway thing when richie's going to carve the turkey and he and dave hedgehog has to hold up a baking tray thing as to like <laughs> use it to make shift shield and it's really not much is made of it but that that's yeah that's a very good uh, bit of physical comedy from christopher ryan the woman and common episode sout what are your favorite bits paul go on I know there's lots of fighting in it, but my favourite bit is literally the twisting back and forth of the dart in Richie's hand and then pulling out for the rock to then fall on his foot. Mm -hmm. Uh It's so perfect, the whole thing. Yeah, for some reason you don't see the rock coming. Richie's foot isn't in shot when they're twisting it, and he's and Rick plays the oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. it really well. There's a good sound effect, sort of clicky sound, and then when 
the dark goes. I don't know how they did it. Presumably he's just holding the rock and he let go subtly. And the camera moves perfectly with the rock down onto the foot. And it works so well. How about you guys? Anything else in that one? The flasher getting, getting the, things zipped onto his penis. I think it's quite good. Gets a tent pole in the eye as well, doesn't he? Reckon that tent pole. Like, he does. Yeah. Falls onto the tent pole. An impale sort yeah. of thing. There's some moves in bottom which would be a fatality or whatever you know. And that's yeah, one of the many. Hole. What about that one? The one where they're confined to one small area for the entire episode. Surely can't have much physical stuff going on that one. It's another one of my top three, which of mm. course, you know, I think <laughs> everyone remembers the carriage actually falling when Rick says, don't you dare call me overweight young man. And the yeah. dummy. The dummy. You like that, don't you? You think it adds to it. Oh, yeah. I just <laughs> that, think it's... Yeah. Oh. That's my favourite bit of physical comedy in this episode. It has the same sort of structure and setup as Come Down Here at Once. Mm. The line is, don't you call me overweight young man, instantly says it's down cut to the other shot of it going mm-hmm. it's just so well timed it's yeah. so well set up it's perfect for really me is. it's him stomping out the fire and falling through <laughs> and then being pulled up by his hair <laughs> that the hair bit the topper for me yeah there's something quite horrible and vicious about being pulled by your hair isn't it especially if it's uh-huh. uh, to pull your entire weight up <laughs> doesn't it Reggie get a brick in the face from down below as well he does and then there's a fanning around on top of the ferris wheel like going back and forth that's a lot of really brilliant physical comedy the slapstick element of the carriage falling is definitely stand out mm. okay so what about in terror the halloween episode well it's the fiery farts stands out i guess the thing that leaps to mind for me is every time richie is wielding the cattle prod uh-huh. and tries to use yeah. it it's in rick male's performance of shitting himself absolutely and then obviously there's the slitting of the wrists and as that well from Eddie. idea you find that screaming it from memory is that right yeah i did at the time and I, I still have never really like absolutely laughed you're right that's the one injury they've done in this that looks quite, quite real. realistic mm-hmm. and therefore it loses some of the comedy in it doesn't it but then that's interesting is it because it's that idea of like what does make you laugh and what doesn't because we know that it isn't real uh, don't we were watching it yeah. and then that idea of you know you setting up stunts and you know all that kind of thing like we but, it's just an interesting yeah, one but the, because the finger spurting is very similar but i'll tell you what the difference between the two is i think that this makes the difference to why one is funny and one looks horrible when the finger spurting the blood spurts off you don't see where mm. it lands when eddie cuts his wrist it goes all over his face mm. and that adds a sort of horrific gory element to it. it makes it more like a horror film it does make it more like a horror film do you think it's also that you know, richie didn't intend to cut his finger off so it's actually an accident. I think the blood that happens almost in the background as well, and it's it's a timing joke as well, isn't it? Because he's told, oh, open up a vein. And, and then it's on the reveal that it's not the devil. What? And then the blood, like, oh, it's too late. I like that. I think that's a personal taste thing. I do think it's meant to be funny, and I find that funny. It is, it's not unfunny, but I have never laughed at it in the same way, because I think the key thing is that when Richie cuts his finger off, it's an accident. With that, he purposely uh-huh. slits his wrist. Also, so in that the finger is severed off camera yeah. whereas when yeah. Eddie cuts his wrist you see the violent mm. jagged action yeah. you definitely feel it more yeah. like you can see the movement it's more. more like Reservoir Dogs where you remember the scene of the ear coming off much more visually and even, it's not even though the camera actually yeah. pans off of it another standout physical moment is just all in the reaction of the sprouts going into the mouth of <laughs> like you can just obviously some very normal edible food that he's Mm. putting it in and it's all in the facial expression 
next episode in series three, Break. Not really anyone's favourite, but it does have some good physical moments in it. Mm, I've got a lot of affection for Break the more you kind of rewatch episodes. And mm. does he run through the wall? He does. This break? is the I'm in the pube with the holiday monkey uh-huh. and he runs through the bookcase. Mm. Yeah. He runs through the patio window thing after running off the treadmill as well. And one of the most famous physical things as well the chainsaw legs yes the chains- bit where he replaces his legs with chainsaws and walks around on a pair of chainsaws <laughs> remember that as we said at the time this is where it sort of went quite cartoonish in that there was no real consequences or things were reset in real time it wasn't that we'd get to the end of the episode and then next week everything will be back to normal in this case it was we'll just fix things mid-episode it's literally not that they grow back he sews them on the physical humour in uh-huh. series 3 I think that's one of the things that we obviously when we went through we were honest about how we felt about a lot of the scenes in series 3 and I know a lot of listeners didn't agree with us and that is absolutely perfectly fine we you know had a few people saying you know that's the whole point it's much more physical and you know in that way you know I hold my hands up and say yeah actually they were just doing bolder different things but it's just not quite packing the same punch as, yeah. it, as it did in series one and two all the s- scenarios that they're setting up seemed a little bit too exaggerated but i totally get it if people actually do think series three is one of the best because like there are so many amazing setups the <laughs> whole like visual payoffs the whole liposuction sequence in this episode is is pretty good isn't the desilinum's todger under the yeah, fridge the fridge falling the on his head yeah. and then that is this one i always thought the end of that one <laughs> him having a kick in the bollocks when he's just had a fridge hit on his head is a little bit underwhelming because that and that's the like the fridge on the head could have been the, the pay, yeah what about dough the pub scene with the fixing their buzzers and... it's one of the few times again that it's other members getting the the violence dough is the episode that when i describe elements of cartoonish violence in series three the things that come to mind are richie having his crotch set on fire outside eddie's room and then tumbling down the stairs to fuck the goldfish bowl <laughs> that and the snooker cue in the eye through the keyhole from eddie's room mm-hmm. so yeah you're right the stuff in the pub is very memorable but for me it's always those bits in that in those opening minutes the teeth being knocked out on the bar like the smash 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 and then spitting out spitting out spitting out spitting out which was done before in the live episode i believe on the live show yeah it was something that they had basically taken from the live i'm sure they'd done it before and something else as well there's black eyes lumps on heads and teeth missing it's like kind of the cartoon beano-y thing of someone been beaten up you know Mm. missing teeth in reality is horrific and it's not all got the implications of getting and all that fixed and stuff the nightmare but their teeth grow back don't they no they mention ah. thank god for grandfather's forces or yeah. something so here's probably where the difference is spitting out one tooth yeah. is tragic spitting out 50 teeth which is impossible to have yeah. becomes funny penultimate one of series three finger the one where they go to the marveloso splendido hotello i like them falling down the stairs after act natural or something mm-hmm. what's it it's something like act normal yeah. something like that the which is a good instant it's a good away. setup for it yeah. and, the, and they plumb it down the stairs yeah. and then eddie dressed in the, <laughs> the woman's I costume is that, the t- like, i mean it's, it's a crossover a visual, isn't it it's a visual, visual gag, gag. it's what? so annoying that america think oh british humor just men dressed as women no it's not <laughs> and then oh it's in everything yeah but there's nothing wrong with that i mean monty python did that i don't have any quibbles about men dressing in drag for humour. Like, and for some reason, often, there's a character that finds them unreasonably attractive for what's going on. Yeah, the bomb ha- happens and... in Blackadder when George dresses as a lady and Melchard wants to marry him. Then in Blackadder with Flashheart and Baldrick as the bridesmaid. And Percy. Percy and Baldrick, yeah. yeah. Ooh, like, hello. A, they do it twice, yeah. don't yeah. they, basically? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the thing that comes to mind in Finger for me is the car driving sequence with the over-the-top background. <laughs> it's taking that background 
background projection that we are used to from older films, but doing it in a really outlandish cartoon element. Yeah, and that it, makes it quite funny. It feels like an old silent film almost, doesn't it? Because of the, <laughs> the scenery racing behind yeah. them. It's so ludicrous. And the tights on the head as well is another big visual gag. Them one trying to go one way, one yeah. the other way. The neck crick of that mm. is quite brutal, isn't it? Finally in Series 3, mm. Episode Carnival, which of course has lots of hilarious video accidents that they no, I love Carnival. Yeah. And I mean, we've been building to it, but my ultimate favourite moment is obviously Rick falling down the stairs as Kilroy. <laughs> and into the toilet, yeah. And into the toilet. But that moment where his face goes and he first trips. There's that... reminds me of Alan Rickman when he, in Die Hard, you know, when he dies and he falls. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you know the story of this. It's uh, the crown is right on his face, and they're like, okay, on freeze, when we're going to drop you. And they drop him on one. So he's like, there's a genuine. blind panic in his eyes. And the Richie, when he's falling, does look like it's the beginning of an outtake. Yeah, it <laughs> looks like Rick isn't expecting yeah. it. He sells uh-huh. it brilliantly. And then obviously ending up in the toilet is a great payoff. And mm. Rick did that fall himself, didn't he? He did the fall, although I think you can tell the person upside down in the toilet is not him. And this was the episode that had something that approached a repetition of the towering inferno which was rick running in and setting eddie on fire and then running off that whole you've been framed send up thing i love that the the two takes of it as well the in his eye and then do it again (laughs) i really like the subgenre or something of people badly acting in something so like eddie pretending to be a housewife oh dear da 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 and the yeah, and then the real character moment's actually coming out, but him trying to play this housewife. That why do you have to be a housewife while doing this, Eddie? You could have just been yourself and still happy. That no, yeah. no, I'm going to do it this way. Where this episode leads to, with Rick and Aid at that point intending for it to be the last series, was of course killing off Rich and Eddie, thus coming to the rule of the comedian is immortal until he's not. It felt very real, even uh-huh. though obviously there's blood packs going yeah. off and it, it is cartoonish. Like, but I remember being really quite affected by the end of it. I certainly didn't laugh. I think that was a deliberate choice on yeah. Rick and Aid's part and on the directing at the time in that we're going to make this look real so it packs a punch and mm-hmm. makes you think that's it, they're dead, they're not coming yeah. back. But in the cartoon way, they could have been brought back because, you know, they die at the end of Hole when they fall yeah. off the hand of God and you know, uh-huh. that's another yeah. great visual gag. But yeah, it felt very real. If you played it a different way, you know, it could have almost been like the ending of Blackadder, couldn't it? You I was, know, I, they'd slown it down and, uh, you know, gone into like... Yeah. Oh, I was, I was about to say, that, yeah, they should slow it down and then fade <laughs> to poppies. What about Guest House Paradiso? As we discussed at the time, I think has some great physical bits. The opening of Guest House Paradiso, the opening five, six minutes, whatever it is, plays almost entirely like a silent film and it's cut between two very good sequences you have Aid as Eddie on the motorbike Mm -hmm. going through a series of obstacles to try and get home and you have Richie doing a series of silent gags picking out the comedy in in the first five minutes uh, could play Mm -hmm. anywhere in the world without any sound Richie choosing from a series of identical cardigans then putting his name badge on Mm -hmm. and piercing and not just getting a little bit of blood but it's almost like there's an artery he's got a white shirt on as well (laughs) hasn't he so it's the but kitchen great. fight's very good. I mean, the kitchen fight, I think in terms of physicality and production value, it's up there and competes with the chess fight and the bathroom fight. I think if you had to choose the best three fights from bottom, it would be those three. That one from Guest House Paradiso and then the other two. It's difficult because whenever I do think of bottom, I think of series one to three. But like, yeah, I d- yeah, it is a very, very, very strong choreographed fight scene. That and it's shot but, differently. As yeah. You see close-ups of a pair of swollen bollocks getting kicked more and more yeah, again. Um, so what about the live shows then? I think the continual bollock kicking... Is that all look knackers? I can't remember. It's in Bottom Live 1 uh-huh. where it's kick. Each time yeah. Rick is doing the um, the reaction the to it. I think out. he does it about 30 times. Mm-hmm. Sure. I think that was one of the quiz questions was, on the day. Yeah. It was 
about 33 times or something like that. Yeah. The special K brick, the swap out of that, I think it's really good. The teeth again. So, that, I mean, the live shows impress you in a different way because they were done in front of the live mm. audience and there was nowhere for them to hide. And, I mean, you know, I think we have quoted it before, but, you know, Aid said no one takes a punch like Rick Mail. Uh-huh. You know, the choreography that has gone into the live shows is somehow even more impressive, isn't it, than, say, watching Guest Life Paradiso, you know, it's, you know, yeah. retaken it. You know, there's one moment to get these things right, otherwise it's you can't to redo the it. Dangerous Brothers style, mm. their, their origins just on a stage kicking yeah. the fuck out of each other. I like the cricket bat use in the, I guess, the prison scene where it's hitting the bollocks, whacking the face, hitting yep. the bollocks, whacking the face. I mean, I remember watching that in slow motion on my <laughs> VHS that could d- 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 frame by frame over <laughs> static. Oh, look at this, it's brilliant. Ultimately, Rick and Aid really, they are representative of modern physical comedy, aren't they? They really are such a great example of it. As we sort of come to our conclusion here, I think the work of Rick and Aid should really be held in the same sort of reverence that people hold for the stars of cinema, such as Harold Lloyd, Laurel and Hardy, Buster Keaton. Rick and Aid built on what their predecessors did and they emulated it and they bettered it but they don't get the same credit that those earlier guys do partly because Rick and Aid were competing against other entertainment that was available in the 20th and 21st century partly because it's TV rather than film and partly because they styled it in a cartoonish way and also because they played vile unlikable characters that had people sneering a lot of the time when actually they should have been adding them to the same halls of fame that we add Laurel and Hardy to and those other people too this is exactly why we're calling the book that we're writing the cult sitcom we're fully aware that every one of our listeners is brilliant you've got a fantastic taste in comedy but not everybody shares it do they not everyone that you talk to has heard of bottom not everyone that you talk to now has even heard of the young ones less or and Rick less Mail. less and less um, every day that's one of the reasons why obviously you know we've said it before we start the podcast and we want to keep talking about bottom because we want to celebrate it because it really deserves it and i can't understand why anyone wouldn't agree but i all i can think is that not as many people actually have watched it growing up or you know go back to it you know you, you say people say oh you know i wasn't born when that came out or whatever so that means you're not going to watch it what why because like, i watched monty python i wasn't born when that mm-hmm. came out but i love monty python no one you know. says that about monty python i wasn't born when monty python no, came out yeah. it's literally but... everyone who's a comedy fan should know about monty python and Fotty towers and everything you know they were all made before i was born but mm. i love them and when you watch things for the first time they're new to you aren't they you know, it doesn't matter talking about slapstick monty python i mean the fish slapping dance and <laughs> you want to look up pie slapping in faces they do a brilliant skit on that from i think it was the secret policeman's ball and then again in the hollywood bowl one they kind of deconstruct the idea of the pie in the face and you know go through all the different ways in which it can happen and it all kind of befalls terry jones but i digress rick and aid obviously took all these influences didn't they and then created what we all know and love as what we feel is the best sitcom ever made mm. will there be someone who comes up behind them who can make as good a physical comedy i, I don't think yeah, so i don't see how it can be topped with it just needs to be a new element to it something a surreal element a fourth wall breaking thing i don't know i I can't think but is it that actually you know the way in which like silent film and slapstick and all those things kind of grow through the ages is it is it actually becoming a bit of a thing of the past or do you think there will be a cyclical resurgence of it i mean because there's a lot of clowning that still obviously goes on like Mm. certainly at the edinburgh fringe i would say clowning's getting a resurgence i think it is isn't it yeah 
But so why do you think Rick and Aid particularly are to be given the crown of the best ever physical comedians though? Do you think it's because of everything that came before them and then they utilise that to inform their act? I mean, there's the phrase standing on the shoulders of giants and they did to an extent, but they took what previous people had done and they ran with it to the nth degree and they pushed boundaries and pushed themselves and no one else was doing it. And even from the 80s up through the 90s when they were doing Bottom, you didn't see an example anywhere else of people doing this kind of thing. As we said, the only other example you could see of people doing anything even close was Jackass, and that was where the entire gag was that they were doing something dangerous. Yeah. This is it. I think the genius of Rick and Aid is the fact that they took something that was so inherently, you know, musical, vaudeville, all those things, silent film, and they made it feel fresh Mm -hmm. and new because they used various different factors within the writing as well to just create comedy that's got lots of different elements that make it perfection, and that's why, obviously, we're going to be doing different themes that run through bottom. You think it's interesting how the performances of the Dangerous Brothers physically all the stunts and the fighting and the violent stuff very similar to Riginelli but the personas of them too it's just ah, ah, look at this look at do this but the sort of melancholy bored tragic element that they put into Riginelli makes it I guess if you're around violent, 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 violent stuff that starts losing its impact. Exactly. That's where, take those uh, violent aspects and the great physical moments, but also then add a fantastic acting performance on there Mm -hmm. as well. And characters that are well-rounded, although they're absurd... Yeah. Richie and Eddie have got a backstory. Yeah. You know, you're invested in their attitudes. I mean, the backstory changes episode to episode. But mm-hmm. sure, yeah, there's a lot of layers there going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, very well put. Just because it's absurd doesn't mean it's not well-rounded. Right, what's next week? Next week we're going to be doing class, which will overlap with poverty. Obviously the influences that Rick and Aid had through other comedies that they watched growing up and where Richie and Eddie sit within, you know, middle, lower working class. Being bottom of the heap is mm-hmm. a recurring phrase that comes up in interviews and yes a huge huge element of bottom is class and British comedy as a whole so we'll be looking at snobbishness yeah a few different examples as we have done today through you know British and American comedy would Mrs Bouquet have ever beat the shit out of her husband for frying pan (laughs) I think she probably did behind closed doors yeah Uh I'd love to have seen her she probably probably went at him with a strap on several times (laughs) so that will be our next episode in this 30th anniversary series uh, celebrating bottom if anyone has any comments or wants to ask any questions or say anything about what we've been talking about today or what we might go through in future episodes or of Talking book. Bottom or indeed the book if you've got ideas of things that you'd like to have us research and look into because we are furiously writing it at the moment. Email in to 11 parade at gmail.com or you can follow us on Twitter Facebook and Instagram all at Talking Bottom. So give us your thoughts and if you want to give us some of your cash and you want to read the book that we're writing you can go to unbound.com and search for Talking Bottom or if you go to any of our social media sites you can see us heavily promoting it on there but again we just want to thank everyone who's already backed our book because it is a crowdfunding campaign and you can still pledge and get yourselves a copy of the book when it does come out we don't know the date yet but we will be informing you through social media we're over 125% funded and in fact we've done better than that but every percent still matters because it will unlock extra pledge levels next chapter then the A to Z of bottom is something that I think that's when we reach 175% anyway thanks for listening everyone see you next time bye, bye. bye.